Quantum Conversations, your portal to the inner realms. Access infinite possibilities, infinite mastery, and infinite love. Mind-expanding, heart-opening conversations with some of the greatest spiritual teachers, luminaries, and healers of today's world. Usher in new earth by living in your sacred heart. Quantum Conversations is brought to you by AcousticHealth.com, home of music from the universe, online healing retreats, and this program. Claim your free registration to daily shows at AcousticHealth.com. AcousticHealth.com, your portal to the inner realms. Our program starts shortly. Welcome to another Quantum Conversation, brought to you by AcousticHealth.com. I'm Loren Gailey, and I invite you to sit back as we enter the Quantum Realm, that space of the greater part of you. It is your connection to infinite possibilities, infinite potential, and infinite mastery. And as we move through this Quantum Realm in today's show, we are making... The connection to Lemuria. This is our soul connection to Hawaii, where many of us feel a deep connection to the beloved island of Hawaii for some Hawaiian blessings and a beautiful discussion on spiritual connection. My guest today is a Kahu. Her name is Kehalani. Hori, and she is a native to the Big Island, and we're here on this very sacred day together. It is indeed my honor. Kehau, thank you and welcome to the show. Aloha. How are you doing? Great. Thank you so much for being here. We are so pleased that you could join us in this very sacred space. It is We Sock, and we are taking this day to connect to the Hawaiian Islands, the home of Lemuria. You know, when I first saw you and our listeners looking at our webpage can see the beautiful image of you, when I first saw you, I just knew from looking in your eyes of this deep wisdom that you hold within you. There was something cosmic and sparkly in your eyes. And it is this deep connection to Hawaii. You are a kahu, and we're going to learn about what that is and how you were educated through your lineage. But first, let's give you this space to bring in a very sacred chant. Let me just do a blessing and a connection with my guides. Beautiful. Mahalo <laughs> 
could connect to the spirit world. They were the experts in their field. So that's what the kahuna is. And because it's kept secret, they could not pass any of the information to anyone. You know, there was one child that they would hand that gift down into. So that's a kahuna. It's all about the hidden, all about no one's supposed to know. But because we're in a new age, it's all about bringing what's in the darkness up to the light. You know, so even out in the political world, there's a lot of things coming to light. So even in our spiritual world, it's time to share. It's time to allow people to learn how to empower themselves instead of people, you know, who would hide things and be like they're the only ones who are special. You know, Grandma says that, you know, she had to take some secrets with her to the grave because she says it's not for my lifetime. It's not for these people that are in my lifetime. So as a kahu, which is K-A-H-U, kahu, I'm a guide. That's what it is. I guide people. I allow people to find what's within themselves, what is their path, because everybody has a different path. And so the kahu is the guide, the one who brings out to the light whatever's hidden, versus a kahuna who says, I'm the only one who can know. No, the kahu says, no, I'm here to help you to bring out your power, empower you, and you to continue on your path with the least resistance. So Kahu Mm -hmm. is really a guide. Beautiful. Well, thank you for explaining that. Okay, we're going to go deep into um, Pele and Hawaiian names and all of it. I do want to talk about the 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 lineage of Hawaii, this ancient wisdom, this knowledge of kahuna and kahus and how it relates to Lemuria. And so isn't it fascinating that the Hawaiian islands, let's just talk about in the most recent uh, decades or century, even today there are island, the island where Uh, It's protected. You have to be in the Hawaiian lineage to live there. Uh, Kanaha Ove, I'm not pronouncing it right, but can you share a little bit about the islands and how the islands are protecting that heritage in this time of great change? Yes, so Lemuria, for some of the people out there who's not, you know, sure what that is, well, Lemuria was a continent, and to the Hawaiian people, we called it Mu, M-U, the people of Mu. And the people of Mu were the original inhabitants of the Hawaiian Islands. So what's remaining right now is just the mountaintop of this continent, which sinks, similar to Atlantis. And, you know, my grandmother says that the Hawaiian people originally came from the constellation the Pleiades. When the first Polynesians that sailed 
from the South Pacific, which was the Marquesas, and this is anywhere from 580 and prior, when they found the mountaintops of Lemuria, or Lu, what lined up with the islands to find it was the constellation, the Pleiades. And we call that Maka Li'i. Maka is eyes, Li'i is little. So it's the little eyes that were shining down upon these Polynesians of where to find the Hawaiian Islands because they needed more land, they needed more space, more food. And so Grandma says, Makali'i's eyes shone down onto the islands, and that's how they were guided. So the, the stars lined up. Well, the stars only line up, that constant, only lines up with Hawaii during the winter months. So between November and February is when they believe that the islands were found because of this lineup of the Pleiades. So the people of Mu were very loving and kind. They had a system that ruled the lands where they would take the elders of each field, whether it was um, medicinal plants or canoe building or the oceans or nature, the signs in nature, they would all come together and they would make laws and change laws. And so everything was in har harmony because each, each specialty got to have their say and that's how they could live in harmony with nature because everybody has their own specialized area of life. And so that's why the people that, you know, continue to live in Hawaii still carry what they call that aloha. And aloha, everybody just thinks that means hello and goodbye, but really aloha is alo, which is the face of, and pa, the place of life. So they believe the Mu people were of the face of God and the breath of life of God. So even in our word Hawaii, we have Ha as the breath of life, Vai as the water of life, and E is what we call God because the term that was for God is so powerful that it's not it's not being able to be spoken. Yeah, so we could never speak the true name of God. So he was called E or Eo. So Ha is the breath of life, the water of life, and of God. So Ha Vai. So beautiful and very essential. Those three, it's a trinity of essentials for life. Beautiful. Yeah. Okay. I love that the people still carry the spirit of aloha. And it's so wonderful. Even in the controversial takeover of Hawaii by the United States in the 50s, even, mm -hmm. even though that tragedy is there, the people still carry aloha. And I know that there's shifts and changes and, and they have their own little story 
to to deal with in Hawaii. It's like Standing Rock. Each of us in our own communities have the so-called Standing Rock to contend with. And uh, Hawaii has its own. But what do you have to say about this this heritage of Hawaii? I think it will always be there because it's this spirit of aloha. Yes, exactly. You know, there is controversy in Hawaii and the state and with um, some of the people. Not all. You know, when I had it, it's a small handful of people with the controversy. And, you know, for me, a lot of them are friends, you know, on both sides of the party. <laughs> and so I just... And the lessons in life, and if that's your lesson to fight, we are being peace and anonymous to do So I don't encourage, you know, the controversy or anything. What I like to do as being a kahu is to hold space. <clears throat> so that means allowing, you know, um, allowing people who want to meditate and to hold the space of love and light and allow answers to come through that way. And that's what the aloha is about. It's all about allowing things to unfold, but in a very loving and nurturing way so that it's in the situation for everyone. Yeah, mm-hmm. so that's just, so I guess I'm like on a Yes, and again, indeed, that is the spirit of aloha, and it's this it's this deep connection to your inner self, your higher self, and the spirit world. Okay, so we're going to hope that your phone line stays in a solid connection as well. Okay. For a moment there, it was kind of wobbling, but we're going to uh-huh. keep the intention that it's good. It sounds good at the moment. Let's talk about the beautiful goddess Pele, a very powerful goddess. We hear story after story after story of uh, literally, if you are not in alignment with your best interests, the islands of Hawaii will show you how to be in alignment uh, in different ways. And they're very healing as well. Can you talk a little bit about this? Yes. Our fire goddess, the volcano goddess, she is, um, she, she, she was uh, one of the originals to find Hawaii. And she is all about clearing the past and allowing people to start new. She is about creation and bringing forth what's positive. So Paley likes to teach everyone lessons 
And one thing I like to tell people is if you want to learn your hardest lessons in life, move to Hawaii, especially on the big island. Because each island has its own um, lessons and people and energies. Well, Hawaii Island is all about creativity and and allowing to have all the past hurts, all this disharmony that you've had in the past to come up to the surface so you can look at it and deal with it. And sometimes people, they're not ready. And so that's when they say, well, you know, people will say, well, if, you know, Perry doesn't want you on an island, you're not going to be there. She'll send you off. Reality, it's you're not ready to shift and change, and then you'll be moving off. So that's what she's about. And she also has a sister, and her sister is Hiiaka Ikapuli Opele. So we call her Hiiaka for short. And she is held in the bosom of Kelly because when she came from the foreign lands of Kahiki to Hawaii, Kiyaka was in the form of an egg. So she was literally the only one that was born here of the gods and goddesses. She's the only one that was born on the island of Hawaii. And she is true aloha. She is all about love and helping and nurturing, whereas Pele can have a very, um, you know, older sister side or like the, you know, the tough love kind of lessons. Well, Hiiaka is all about trust, faith, and she would do anything and everything for Pele. So even today, I like to call on Pele as a guide you know, to help bring up what's the issue, what do I need to fix, what do I need to do, what's my lesson here. But then I call upon Hiyaka because she can show me how to move through it with ease and grace and love. Beautiful. Okay, so does she reside on a particular island? Yes, Hiiaka is known to live on the island of Hawaii, which in um, in the spiritual sense would be a first chakra, a creativity of red. But she's also known to live on the island of Kauai because she went to Kauai in legend to bring back the lover Lohiau to Pele. Because Pele did an astral travel, astral travel to to the island of Kauai, found this man, and then she sent her sister in the physical form to go get him and bring him back to Kauai Island. Well, Pele has her jealousies, and she thought, you know, they were having an affair when Hiyaka was not. So what Pele had done in the end was she actually... Um, killed. She actually killed him. Well, when she, Pele, when Pele found out that Hiyaka was telling the truth and that there was no affair, she brought Lohiau back to life 
and allowed Hiyaka and Lohiau to travel between the island of Hawaii and the island of Kauai. So that's the last one on the chain, the last major one on the chain, the island of Kauai. And so the island of Kauai is known as the third eye. So that's the color purple. That's their color. And so the eye and the crown chakra. And so that's where she likes to be. So that's the energy that she emanates, is for us Mm -hmm. to use our third eye, to use our intuition, and to use our higher knowledge. That's how she pulls in the love from there. Boy, you can certainly feel that when you visit Kauai. Even looking at beautiful photographs of the golden sand, uh, it emanates that nurturing, loving, helping energy. Okay. Very fascinating. Can you help us make the connection of the gods? Did your grandmother share? She said that that they came from Pleiades. Did these gods come from Pleiades? Can you help us make that connection um, to Hawaii or even Lemuria then? Yes. So... What Grandma says is the gods do not come from Earth. They come from what they call the floating island in the clouds. And so all the gods came from there. And sometimes when they would visit the Earth, they would appear in this huge cloud of light. And you could um, hear music and drums and there would be lights flashing in the clouds, but you could never see the island. And so these gods would just visit Hawaii or Lemuria, because remember it was a continent, it was huge, and they would come down and they would visit the people of Earth and they would help the people of Earth and they would leave it. So if you think about it in like an artistic way, if you think of clouds floating with lights and flashes, doesn't that kind of seem like it's a rocket ship or some kind of spaceship, you know? And so it's very interesting, you know, because my grandmother passed away in 1983. So, of course, we had, you know, man on the moon and that things, but didn't have everything out there we know, you know, all the other um, galaxies that we know of. And so it's very interesting so how her stories, because you got to remember the story didn't start with her. It came from her grandparents and their grandparents. And so the stories were all passed down. And then when it comes to my generation, I'm listening to this, and as I'm growing older, and I'm thinking of the pictures that she painted in my mind, I'm like, oh, yeah, I can see that. Yes, now it makes sense that they came from the Pleiades. They came from the outer space, and, um, you know, the story is that it never stays still. It's always constantly moving. If we think about the Earth and how we're always spinning, well, of course, the stars move, too. So that's why that where the gods came from didn't stay in one place. 
fascinating, and I love it. This is the the tongue history, the verbal stories passed down through generations. So what do you feel about uh, ETs and UFOs today then? I feel it's coming to a point in history that it will be revealed more openly. You know, there's like groups of people all over the world who have seen glimpses of it. But we're moving into a time period where it will be more open and visual. And I believe it's not seen by everyone because, again, remember, we're all here for lessons in life. And if we are not open or not ready to receive that kind of information from the extraterrestrials, then we won't. You know, from a child, I've seen, um, you know, distant in the sky, spaceships that were going around doing all kinds of patterns. But I was the only kid outside by myself looking at it. And I would try to call my mom, but, you know, she's busy. So, yeah, I just stayed there and looked at it myself and told Grandma about it. And Grandma just says, well, they're just visiting and they just want to give you information. So just be open to the information. And so, you know, just growing up, it was just something natural. It wasn't something really weird. (laughs) Yes, you know, you just, your words corroborate. These stories are the same as what we hear from the Native Americans and the Aborigines. It's so fascinating that the indigenous peoples really understand this. So... Very, very interesting. Okay, well, let's. I'd like to present to our audience that you are open for questions. And some of the questions that we could ask you would be anything about the Hawaiian heritage, as you were given this by your grandparents and their heritage and their generations. And also, you are going to talk about the importance of a Hawaiian name. Let's start there. This would be a spiritual connection. Yes, exactly. So growing up um, in the different Hawaiian villages, each village had their own kahu that would give each child or person a Hawaiian name. And the name is really, really important because there's energy in the word. And in the Hawaiian words, there's always different levels of meanings. And there's um, a term called kauna, which means a hidden meaning. So you could have a word that will mean something very generic, but the kahu or the person who gave the child the name will give a more in-depth meaning of that name and how that name will help them throughout life and how they could call upon parts of that name because most Hawaiian names are, you know, fairly long. (laughs) Not all, but most. And it's because it paints a picture. And the picture helps them to go through life because everyone has, again, lessons. And these names will help them 
to bring in the energy and to connect with their own guides in the perfect timing. And so that's what these names are for. And then uh, earlier you had mentioned Aumakua. Aumakua is our animal guides that the Hawaiians have, similar to Native Americans. So Au is a time period. Makua is parent. So it's a time period when our parent or grandparent can take the form of an animal and they can come visit us to give us wisdom and guidance. And, you know, my grandmother, her her spirit animal is the owl, the Hawaiian owl or pu'eo. And so whenever I'm having a challenging time in life, you know, like I'm getting stuck, I will call upon pu'eo to come show me what I need to do or how do I get through this. In every house that I've lived in throughout my whole life, there has always been an owl that will come by my window at night to say, I'm right here, I'm right here. So it doesn't matter if I live in the city, in the mountain, by the beach, I will always have that owl. And so I know it's my grandmother. That so is yeah. So an example for like Hawaiian names, my grandmother named me Kehaulani. So K is a plural. How is the mist? It's a mountain mist versus a mist that would be like, say, San Francisco, which is by the ocean. So it's a mountain mist. Lani is the heavens, or Lani is chiefly. So it's something of honor. So Kehaulani, you know, in the generic sense is the mist from heaven. But Grandma says that she named me this because like the mist, I will appear out of nowhere to help and comfort and guide people. And when they least expect it, I'll be gone because I've done everything that I need for these people. And so my friends in Hawaii know lots about that. <laughs> and, you know, there's never a goodbye. It's always just a hui ho, which means until we meet again, I will always see you again. Whether it be in the physical or in the spiritual plane or in the dream state, I'm always around. <laughs> <laughs> so beautiful. Okay. I want to circle back around to the beautiful Hawaiian islands. Uh, some more questions are coming in related to the gods and the beautiful land of Lemuria and the mountaintops of Lemuria. Isn't it fascinating that the major, seven major islands relate to the human chakras? And literally when we go there, we can feel these sort of um, issues related to the chakra come up or something to be enhanced, like you said, Kauai and the third eye. Can you go over the islands then? We know the root chakra on the big island, but the Mm -hmm. other islands of Hawaii, can you go over any of the gods and the chakras they relate to? Yes. So... The the Hawaii Island, we said, was the root chakra or the red. And about creativity, 
but it also encompasses the second chakra. And that's what the Hawaiians call the pico. And so the pico, we believe, which is the belly button, which is our connection to our ancestors, our parents, and going all the way back. Yeah. So our belly button is how we connect to the, our source of the past and our wisdom. And so we believe that it's also on the island of Hawaii. So some people say it's on the mountain of Mauna Kea. Grandma says it's actually, and you know there's opinions, so (laughs) Grandma says it's actually the mountain of Mauna Loa. That's the connection for Pele because she lives at Halimauma'u, at Kilauea Crater. But that crater is also connected to Mauna Loa. So she has two domains, the first and the second chakra. Now Mauna Kea, that's the, that's the home of Poliahu, the goddess of the snow. And she also has sisters that live up there and they each have their little cinder cone or their area. And one that's very famous is Lilinoi and she's the mist. She's mist that covers the mountain and she likes to travel to the other mountains and especially Hualalai. Very famous right now. So that's our island, the first and the second chakra. The island of Maui is the heart chakra. So island of Maui that's where the goddess Namaka Okahai, which is the sister, the sea goddess of Pele, landed. And Pele at the time was a demigoddess. So she was half human and half goddess. Well, it was on that island where she was, where Pele was actually killed in the physical form and then was later um, elevated to become a full goddess. So that one is actually two chakras also. It's the third and the fourth chakra, yeah, so our solar plexus, where we get our power and our heart, and so, yeah, if you need to have lessons of love and trust, that's the island that you go to, and right now, that island is so busy with people, there's lots of people, it's like little Oahu, (laughs) or what I tell the people that they can relate to. To me, it's like L.A. You know, it's just tons of people, lots of energy. But, yeah, lots of trust issues there, a lot of heart issues. That's what they need to work out. So if you're attracted to that island, that's usually what you need to deal with. And then the next chakra would be your throat chakra. And that's all about communication. So the throat chakra is the island of Oahu. And a lot of people get confused with the big island 
in Oahu, but Oahu is where the capital is. That's the communication port. So that is where all the speaking, where all the laws are made. So that kind of makes sense, you know, that that would be the throat chakra. And then, oh, and that island of Oahu, you want to know about a god, that is the god that's famous there is Kane, the waters of life. So of all the islands that have lots of flowing waters and streams, and so Kane, K-A-N-E. It doesn't mean just man, but it's the God. And so there's a place there called Kane Ohe. That's a place name. And so in Kane Ohe, Ohe is bamboo. And the gods all have what we call kinobao or body forms that they can take. You know, they can come into the form of that plant, animal or energy or uh, weather, you know. So Kaneohe is the bamboo that the Hawaiian people believe water came out of. So these holds they would use that bamboo and carry water for sacred ceremonies in there. The Hawaiian people or the Polynesians brought this bamboo to the Hawaiian islands. And so there's special types of bamboo and, and it's a particular Hawaiian variety that's very large. So it's not the really skinny ones that people go fishing with, but it's the really larger ones that um, you could actually build houses with. So it's very big. So Kane Ohe is the waters of life from Kane. And so that is our communication. And then as we go up, we have the island of Kauai. Yeah, so that was our our third eye and our crown chakra that we were talking about earlier, how that's where you want to go if you want to meditate, if you want to learn to meditate, if you've been having such a hard time that you've never been able to, like, quiet your mind, that's where you go. You go to the island of Kauai. And then there you can connect with these gods and goddesses. So there, of course, is Hiyaka. And there's, you know, there's like literally thousands of gods and goddesses out there in the legends. But these are kind of the main ones. Mm. There's another island that's um, really important, which is the island of Molokai. So Molokai is where like it has three different forms that she likes to take. Well, on the island of Molokai is where Pele likes to go. And she takes the form of the old sage, the very wise woman, the sage woman on the island of Molokai. And it's nicknamed the Friendly Isle. And so that we could accomplish, um, you know, incorporate into the heart chakra also. It's colored green. And there is where the people are so friendly and they help everyone. They truly, you know, um, exude aloha. And so there is where Pili, in her old form, 
where she goes to get away from everybody and all the ruckus that's going around, and that's where she goes to meditate and be calm. And so her name in that form is Hina. Hina. And Hina also means gray because that's when she has all her long gray or grayish white hair. So she likes to reside there. And a an, an really interesting thing about the island of Molokai is, um, you know, probably about 1000 AD, the people from Tahiti came to these islands. And they brought with them the ruling system of the Ali or the chiefs, where the chiefs would rule certain sections of the islands, the land divisions, Ahupua that ran from the mountain to the ocean. So Grandma says that on the island of Molokai, that was the only island that did not get overcome by the chief ruling system. It stayed with the Rizlin Lemurian of the Mu people. And so they kept their system of where the elders would get together and they would determine what the new laws were, what they would, what they should do to stay in harmony with nature. The chiefs, King Kamehameha the Great, did have his warships leave the island of Maui, going to the island of Molokai to, you know, take over their land also. But what the people there did was they lined up the beach because there isn't many beaches where they could land their war canoes. They lined up the beach. They all held hands together and they put up a wall of light. So they put up this wall of light to encompass their whole island. And so they all came from this love and heart chakra of this is what we need to do. We need to stand in light and not allow that negativity to come to our island. Well, when the chief, Kamehameha the Great, and his warring ships got there, they could see this light. They could see the surrounding area, the island, and they decided to leave. So they did not even land on the island of Molokai. They went on to the island of Oahu. They left it alone. Mm-hmm. Wow, that is really powerful. And, you know, even today we can still see that those islands are protected in a certain way. For example, isn't it fascinating, the island of Kauai, I mean, it's always been slated for economic growth. The big um, uh, industry goes in there and wants to really build some resorts and things. And it's just fascinating how, right, Hurricane Aniki came and blew those plans apart. Or... Even earlier in the mid-90s, uh, a, a recession came and prevented that sort of growth. So isn't it fascinating that, yes, these islands are protected in a way by these gods and by the people and their intention? Yes, exactly. So, you know, the only island that was allowed to, you know, have all this growth and everything was island of Oahu, mm-hmm. whereas all these other islands, like even Hawaii Island, you know, we have what's called VOG, VOG, Volcanic Smog. So only the people who 
are ready to deal with their issues will stay on that island mm-hmm. and they can, you know, put up with the VOG. <laughs> so even that deters, you know, these big companies from building more huge, um, you know, like making it to Epcot Center or something. <laughs> right. So, yeah, so that that's what prevents it from being on the island of Hawaii. And then on the island of Kauai, like you said, it's the weather. You just never know because, you know, Grandma always says to never be afraid of the live human beings. I mean, never to be afraid of the gods or the goddesses or the spirit world. It's the live human beings, the one that will destroy or hurt you. But Mm. the gods and goddesses are always there for your best interest. So, you know, if nature is there that says, no, we don't need to have these big buildings on this island of Kauai. Or we don't need to have them on the island of Hawaii. We'll let you have Oahu. We'll let you have Maui. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's always a balance, no matter how you look at it. Yes, beautiful. Always a balance. Okay. Well, so fascinating, this discussion of Hawaii. How can people connect to any of these gods if we wanted to. Yeah, so that's where the Hawaiian name comes in because if you can um if you can focus on your Hawaiian name, you know, then that would help you to connect with who you're supposed to connect with, who you'll get the most help with. So your name and then there's also the Oli or the chant. So a chant like what I did at the very beginning, is really a prayer. And it's usually done in threes because we have the body, mind, and spirit. Right? We have these different levels. And the octave is always just a little bit higher on the next one and a little bit higher on the next one. Because Grandma says that the energies of the spirit are at different vibrations. So as we go a little bit higher, then we're talking to different levels of spiritual power. So um, that particular one that I did in the beginning is what I wrote. And so I've written, I don't know, a couple hundred. Sometimes it's from people who need help. You know, if they need help on a certain thing or they need a blessing, whatever they want, then I channel in my guides will write out the words and put it in Hawaiian and then the explanation. And so there's literally, it it can be considered as a um, mantra if you want it. It can be used for blessing. It can be used for clearing, to clear out space. Uh, I do a lot of blessings on homes and businesses and even people. And so a lot of times we'll, I'll do, first I'll do a clearing to let go everything that is no longer needed and then put energy back in and fill that with love and light with the blessing part of the chant. Okay, beautiful. And actually those chants, you're going to do custom chants for listeners who are 
in taking advantage of your special offer, which includes a Hawaiian name and those three chants. And we're also going to have a blessing from you as we go today, and that will leave us in a beautiful space. Um, I'm going to allow some questions from our audience to come in. Um, Did you want to add anything else about your special offer? Um, Yeah, that, you know, everyone is totally different. And if they want to get this special offer, I would need their name that they go by, not their legal name. You know, but whatever name they go by. So if they go by a nickname, that's how I need to connect with them because then it specifically leads them. Yeah, so that's really important. And so, yeah, the name will, it's actually like a reading. The name is a reading in itself. It's a name that they'll get, but it's also reading. A lot of times I've noticed that it either tells them what path, they have taken and choices that they can take to to move forward. Mhm. Yeah. Okay. And so the chance you mentioned it was like a mantra. These would mm-hmm. be good to put on, you know, keep on our our mobile devices or computers so that we can play them every day. I mean, my goodness, your your voice is so beautiful even in the opening one the different tones and harmonics you brought through was very activating and sedating at the same time. Um, Again, it was just this solid connection. Uh, How would people work more with the chants then? So what I'm going to do is I'm actually going to send a recording of the chant, of me doing it. But what I really want is for them to learn it. So they can listen to my pronunciation and how I do it, but that doesn't mean that's how they have to do it. They just need to listen to the pronunciation and feel how it needs to change to them. You know, like they make it their own. They change the the song to their song. You know, let it be their song. And so with that... I also like to teach, you know, I've been teaching chanting since 2008 with a lot of students and some, you know, are still with me today. They still want to keep learning. But there's others that have only come from one class. And what I really love about this is that my guides have told me it's not about making a copyright, like, oh, that's mine. Like, no. Mm-hmm. It's about sharing it. So if they, you know, whatever they have is theirs. If they want to share it, if they want to teach it to someone else, then by all means, I want them to. Beautiful. That is really living in the fifth dimension uh, where we do the opposite of what we do in 3D, and that is to share and to be open. So you literally give, so you record it, but you also, is there a way that you can write it down or we leave that up to the, each individual person to write down or transcribe it? No, it will all be written in the Hawaiian language and mm. translated in English. Wow, yeah. okay. 
And so we can sing that ourselves and add our own harmonics. There's something really powerful when we do that with our own voice and our breath, our ha. Exactly. That's why they have to make it their own. It's great to, you know, to have my voice out there, but it's even better to have their own because it's their Mm. request, you know. It's their request for their blessing or whatever they need. Yes, and we've learned the power of intention behind all sound. And this is our sound that we're uttering. It's literally going through every cell of our body and the water in our body. It's becoming its own fractal geometry as well. So it's quite fascinating, and I can see how very powerful that is. Well, you know, Keha, we will talk about this offline, but a chanting online healing retreat would be wonderful to experience. We'll have to consider that. Yeah, yeah. There's lots of yeah. uh, <laughs> new doors opening and <laughs> ideas. Fun things yeah. to do. Yes, yes well, exactly. it's all about empowerment, right? And so yeah. um, using these ancient technologies to empower ourselves, so beautiful. And nothing like the Hawaiian, the Lemurian uh, traditions that we can sing forth in our new world. Okay, well, thank you for that. Again, your special offer is right there for our listeners to check out. Let's go to uh, some questions then. Uh, It looks like Waterbury, Connecticut, last digits of the phone number are 8393. Hello, you're unmuted. What's your name, please? Oh, hello. My name is Anne, and I'm calling you from Connecticut. Thank you for taking my call. Hi, Anne. Um, I didn't know whether you were doing any process with people or just question. What type of questions are we asking you? I'm sorry. Uh, anything about Hawaii or, uh, right, Hawaiian names, blessings, anything you want to know about uh, the Lemurian Oh, heritage? I know. Uh, um, do you also do anything with the, forgive, the forgiveness process, the forgiveness prayer? Ho'oponopono. Yeah, the Ho'oponopono. Mm-hmm. So Ho'oponopono is to make something right. And in order to make something right in the traditional Hawaiian style is to, you need to bring all the parties together and have each person speak freely from their heart. You know, and there's always a mediator, or what we call the kahu, and so that kahu will guide or mediate mm-hmm. all the, the people, the parties that are involved. And so as far as Ho'oponopono, you know, there can be a chant that would be written for that particular case, yeah? And everyone is different because everyone has different issues. So you need to... You know, when I connect with you, if you wanted to um, get part of the package, you know, or the whole package, I'm sorry, um, that's what we would do. We'd focus on what part of your life do you want to heal? What part do you want to make right? What part, you know, sometimes it's people that have already passed away. And so there's nothing wrong with that because 
really in our culture there is no death. And what we do is we just connect with the spirit on the other side of the veil. And we make peace with that. And we allow them to come forth. And for you and all parties involved, and we come to a, a very harmonious meeting. Thank you. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Yeah, that really is uh, what has been titled Owning the Hologram, Bringing Together All Those Parties and Really Being It. Okay, beautiful. All right, so we've got some questions where some folks are planning trips to Hawaii, and I wonder if you could talk a little bit about preparation that people can do in visiting the island, uh, whether it's specific islands or specifically the trip to the big island and the volcano. Okay. Yeah, so um, right now, you know, we're getting into it's spring and summer, and people who don't live in Hawaii <laughs> don't realize that we do have seasons there. It's just not as visible. <laughs> but in spring and summer, it's very hot and humid, so make sure you pack a lot of cool, you know, cool clothing. You won't need jackets, probably not. It's very cool unless you're going up to the mountain areas like Mauna Kea to go look at the star system. Or if you're going to go to the volcano, because that's at 6,000-foot elevation. And over there, it can be windy and rainy. You just never know with the volcanoes, you know, and, and what's going on. But as far as um, there's, you know, there's different spiritual places that you can go. So it's really, you know, what is their intention? What would they like to learn there? So there's different spots that people can go to that are a little bit more private that they could do meditations or connect. And, you know, one of my favorite connections in the islands is going swimming with the dolphins. And, of course, mm -hmm. there's controversy with that, too, because some people say, oh, you're bothering them. No, I swim with them my whole life. And if they don't want to be near you, they will not be near you. Absolutely. <laughs> you, you can't right. tease a dolphin. <laughs> no, you can't. But they swim slow enough to be there with you. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah, and they look at you and they communicate with you. They they blow bubbles under you. They'll. It's just amazing. <laughs> and there's protocol. We don't reach out. And again, if we did, they would just be out of there so fast. And we respect yes. their space. And okay, exactly. uh, real quick then before we say goodbye, what about uh, on a spiritual level? What about asking permission to certain areas or bringing gifts? Absolutely. So yes, in you know all the islands are sacred, and so when we go into into spaces, no matter where we're at. I always like to teach my students that we always need to ask permission. If I don't come from that place and I'm visiting someone else, I always make an introduction, whether it be out loud as a chant or just quietly from my heart to spirit to say who I am, what are my intentions of being there, and may I come in, 
May I enter your sacred space? And so when I teach my students, I always say, after you've put that out there, whether it's out loud or in your heart, wait a moment and look at nature. What are the signs? You know, are you having a gentle breeze? Well, that's come on in. Mm. Uh, did you just have a huge, like, earth-shaking dust? <laughs> that's a, no, not today. <laughs> or did you stub your toe? Right? Yeah, mm-hmm. if you're walking somewhere and you trip and fell, it's like, no, you don't belong there. Or you need to do something before you move forward. There's something within your energy that needs to shift and change, you know. Um you know, because our energy is very powerful, right? So if we're in a negative space, we don't want to go to someplace that's sacred with this negativity. We want to make sure that we are they've letting all that go, released it down into Mother Earth or into Pele. That's what I, I like to connect to her to say, okay, remember, because she's the one who's about burning off the path. Like, okay, can you take this away and burn this off and let it go into the ethers? So that's about the asking permission part. Yeah, but it's always about announcing who you are, what's your intention, why do you want to be there. As far as giving gifts, you know, Pele loves to receive gifts. And the things that you give to the volcano goddess Pele or even other gods or goddesses is always things of nature. So whether it be fruit or plants or flowers, Something that is of nature that easily goes back into nature because that's who they are. Yeah, so those. And another thing is chanting or singing or toning. Those are also gifts too. Because just like my grandmother, when I was seven years old and I was learning how to chant and, you know, mom was scared because, like, oh my gosh, I don't know what she's saying. <laughs> And so I always have to chant in front of my grandmother to get the approval or to get the correction. <laughs> and grandma would just smile, the biggest smile in her light. She would just light up the whole room with the energy that she was so happy and so proud that I have this gift, you know. And so she's the one who mm-hmm. nurtured the gift, you know. We all believe the gift comes from God, Akua. But then we have guides or people in our world that help us to nurture it and and take it to the next level. So even a song or a chant or toning is also a gift. So you don't have to leave something physical. Okay, beautiful. And your grandmother is with you every time you chant. So beautiful. Okay, Uh, what about when we, uh, you know, we've heard some, uh, gosh, stories about well actually no this is true um because people have learned it's not good luck to take pieces of lava from the big island and actually there's record number of lava pieces that get shipped back to the island through the volcano service and isn't it interesting what is your thought on this because um on one hand we hear that if there is something that's speaking to you, there's a message to be had from that. What do you think about this myth? Well, yes, that's very interesting because my dad 
was a mail carrier. And I used to help him out, you know, when I was a kid and like at least a few times a week there's always a box, you know, that says to the goddess or volcano or and even in my own personal life, people friend of a friend of a friend boxes of rocks have made its way to me for me to bless and return. Well, the thing with that is you're supposed to return it to where you got it. <laughs> so, you know, I would have to, like, really do a blessing and a clearing. And the thing with that, like, um, you know, I I used to work at the Four Seasons Hawaii on the Big Island, and how I would teach this to little kids that come there is that, you know, I love you so much that I'm going to break your finger and keep it. They're like, no. Mm-hmm. I said, well, that's what you're doing if you keep pieces of rocks back home because that's the volcano goddess Pele. That's her body. She's made out of lava. All of this land is her body. So you don't want to take her finger or ear or nose, you know. She likes to keep her body parts here in Hawaii. So if you take it away, she's going to want it back. So then she'll give you bad luck until you actually send it back. And so there's lots of records of people, and there's even a book called Power Stones that was written with actual copies of letters from people who either took it knowingly, who says, I don't believe in that stuff, or took it unknowingly and didn't know the legend or the story. But when they started having all this bad luck, you know, like neighbors or friends will go, hey, were you, you're in Hawaii. Did you take any rocks? And they're like, well... <laughs> Yeah, so, mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you know, as soon as they return it, things start changing and shifting. <laughs> so it's just Kelly just not wanting her body all over the world. <laughs> <laughs> yes, okay. Well, thank you for sharing on that. Okay, we have time for one, maybe two more callers. Let's go to San Francisco, uh, 8119, last digits of the phone number. Hello, you're unmuted. What's your name, please? Hi, thank you for taking my call. This is Vivica and uh Vivica. Hi, so much for thank you so much for the information. Um I'm wondering myself and I know there's many others like myself who have been drawn to the Hawaiian Islands um for years. For example, out of college, I'd go over there a couple of times uh in my 20s and eight when I was just out of in college actually and go find a job. I always knew that I was not an intruder, but a visitor. I was very respectful, but I knew it was very mystical, and I've had some very magical um, situations there. So my question is, and, and my husband and I love to go there, um, usually Kauai now, but uh, I haven't been there four years. I'm really longing to go back. And that's my point. There, Those of us that live elsewhere but feel a strong draw, especially in the coming days. And, and I understand a bit about some past lives and, and this that I've had. Any special messages for us um, regarding this or what to pay attention to as far as the draw or what the message is? I mean, it's, it's a definite draw. Yes, yes. So in the Hawaiian culture and what Grandma um, taught me is that, you know, there is no life and death. It's just from one life. Then you go up to heaven and then you review that life and you come back and learn again. So the people that are drawn back to Hawaii 
those are the people that spent one or more lifetimes there back in the ancient times of Lemuria. And because now that everything is coming out of the darkness and, you know, things are being revealed, it's kind of like a beacon that's awakened in our soul. It says, oh, you need to touch base with your home. You need to touch base with Lemuria, back with Moon. And lots of times, some you know, people will, like as soon as they get off the plane, they'll go, oh, I feel like I'm home, even if it's the first time you've physically been there in this lifetime. But there's people that, that are just drawn to Hawaii. And it's all about awakening something within their soul. And so when they come to Hawaii, it changes and shifts something in them, and then they take that love, the aloha, back to where they came from, and they start spreading that. So if you've ever noticed that when you come to Hawaii, you feel like recharged or renewed, and then you go back and you tell other people, your friends or family, and they get to feel that same energy as if they were there. And so that's the whole key. But God says, because, you know, she traveled she was young too. And so that's what she said. It's it's where at a certain point of our life we need to leave Hawaii even if it's just temporarily to go out and spread that aloha among the world because we need to enlighten other people and get them to shift and change their energy. Does that make sense? As I just my heart is about ready to burst when you're talking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and then what you were mentioning also about the chakras, is this the first, second, the chakras and the organs of the body? I mean, I just some awakening to these things. So these islands are very powerful places in the world then, are they not? Yes, they are. Yes, they are. And, you know, we, we consider the Mother Earth, right? And yes. so that's where what we call the people in the umbilical cord is on the top of the mountain of Mauna Loa, which there is no road to get to that top. The only way to get to that top is to hike it and right. dangerous. And you got to be really good at hiking because of the altitude and the terrain. So that's another way that nature has protected the umbilical cord or that ability to connect with our ancestors. Thank you. Thank you. This has just been wonderful. I'm so happy that you've been on the show today. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you, Vivica. Aloha. (laughs) Beautiful. Okay. Time for one more caller. We're going to go to Vail, Colorado. 0693. Hello. You're unmuted. Yeah, I've watched him. He's rough. Okay. Well, Vale might be busy at the moment. Oh, Oh, my goodness. Well, I do just want to say it is so fascinating. And even flying into Hawaii, uh, it is just, you can feel the shift in energy. It is a very healing spot. And there are numerous stories and experiences of people being healed just because they are connected to that love and that light. It does open hearts in a magnificent way. Now you, Kehau, are 
you just left the Big Island and you're now spreading your light in the state of Washington. Uh, as we say goodbye, share with us a little bit about what that's like as you're making your transition here to the continental U.S. Yes, you know, I've traveled through some other states and I really like the states, but just like how people have a longing to be to, in Hawaii, I have a longing to be actually in Washington. So when Lemuria was a continent, Grandma says that Washington was part of Lemuria. And so I just believe that, you know, me leaving the islands of Hawaii and moving to Washington is just being home to my part of Lemuria of that I lived in in past lives. And so I'm loving it here and you know, Grandma named me the Heavenly Mist. I've been here what, seven days now? There hasn't been any rain. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, well I know the rain's gonna come one day. But uh <laughs> yeah, nothing yet. Blue skies, and, you know, everyone's telling me, oh, it's going to rain every day, and I go, well, I'll bring some sunshine. And even my realtor who helped me, you know, to purchase my home, she's like, oh, my gosh, you really did bring the sunshine. <laughs> you did. And the state of Washington is embracing you. They, it is embracing your light. So beautiful. Okay, Hal, thank you so much for being here on this show and sharing this ancient wisdom. It's so fascinating, and gosh, to hear it passed down from generation to generation is really exquisite. So as we say goodbye today, please share with us your uh, a little bit about what this chant is about, and then we're going to leave this and allow it to close. We're going to end okay. with that vibration. Okay, so I'm going to end with a chant I wrote that's called Eo Mai Kalani. Eo is the hawk, the Hawaiian hawk, or of God, because I and E is God and O is of, so of God. Mai Kalani is to bring in the blessings down from the heavens. And I'm just going to do it one time through.
really calmly. Aloha and mahalo. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you so much, Lawrence. Aloha. Aloha and namaste. I know my thing.
you for listening and thank you for dancing with us in our collective intentions as they go across the universe to the cosmic heart. I'd like to thank my wonderful team at AcousticHealth.com, Heidi, Tony, Tom, Pam, Suzanne, and Garner, who assist with the production of Quantum Conversations, online healing retreats, and more. And thank you, too, for listening. If you've enjoyed this program, please share it with your friends and loved ones. And we thank you for shining your magnificent light and adding it to the world. This is when we love ourselves like no one else can. We leave you now with music from the universe. Music literally created by the universe as musical notes were assigned to mathematical equations. The result is this beautiful music available at AcousticHealth.com. Namaste. Namaste.